Now, Health Matters with Daniel Martin. Welcome into Health Matters right here on CNA 938, everybody. I'm getting into the festive spirit of things, so to speak, because we're going to be talking about the kinds of injuries that can occur during the holiday season and the end of year period. I mean, with year-end gatherings, festivities, and trips, how could a fun-loving activity also lead to unhappy mishaps from stress fractures and broken bones to other holiday mishaps? We're joined on today's edition by Dr. Ananda Kumar Velasami, who's an orthopedic specialist surgeon from OrthoCare Orthopedic and sports medicine based at Fair Park Medical. This is Health Matters. Doc, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming into the studio. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, Dan. Thanks for having me. Is this a busy time for you usually? Yes, actually. <laughs> unfortunately, sometimes it's busy during the holiday season with some injuries happening more commonly during this period. Where, Why? Well, I mean, you know, it's school holidays firstly, so children are out, parents are also having leave and bring them out for events and activities in Singapore and also overseas. So a couple of times, sometimes maybe they're not aware, they're so enthusiastic and they actually may have accidents and mishaps. Why? Uh, what do you see more of, adults or the children injuries? I see more adults uh, generally. Uh, sometimes in the festive season, I do see a couple of children with injuries as well. Gosh. Yeah. Okay, let's run through what are most likely to happen. Like you said, a lot of people taking trips, family trips as well. We'll talk about the overseas accidents that can occur. Uh, but in terms of the, the what's happening, uh, those not, those of us not lucky enough to travel, huh? uh, so the home festivities and the home activities. I mean, we've had the Dipavali celebrations, uh, going into the uh, Christmas celebrations, going into the New Year's and then Chinese New Year. What are the incidences that tend to lead to injuries that you end up seeing? Yeah, so in the festive season, usually there's a little bit of merrymaking, dancing, you know, and people are usually just out and about and mm. they're enjoying themselves. And sometimes they may just not be aware of their surroundings and accidents do ha happen. Mm. And many a time, the most common things that occur are like, you know, injuries, leading to fractures, for example. And that's commonly one of the most common holiday injuries or bread and butter uh, thing that an orthopedic surgeon sees. Uh, and it's all it's almost always in the holiday season that we actually tend to see a spike of these fractures as wow. well. You yeah. were telling me early on, because I read the weather out like eight, four or five times a day, that's part of my job, and, and the wet weather has begun. You were telling me, interestingly, before the interview, that the wet weather contributes to this as well. Yeah, certainly. I mean, you see most slips. I mean, I just recently saw a patient who just basically slipped and actually had a very bad ankle fracture, you know, uh, and then he had needed surgery done. So, so things like that are probably more common whenever it's wet, Patients are, uh, I mean, not really aware that it's wet and they actually have accidents more easily, yeah. I tell you, because we're so used to like, we wear slippers all the time, our slippers are not very good also. Yeah, exactly. So footwear is so important when you talk about these injuries because mm. it's the single most important thing that I see that patients or, or people generally don't get right and yeah. that actually leads to, you know, increased risk of uh, falls and injuries actually. Gosh. Yeah. And okay, so where do we tend to see, what are the sites of injury that you tend to see? You, see, you tend to see a lot of ankle and foot, is it? Yes, that's right. I see a lot of ankle and foot injuries and also a lot of knee injuries as well. Oh. Yeah. How about hand and wrist? Because you would be stopping the fall. Yeah, so it's also very common certainly when patients break their fall, they use their hands and I do see some fractures and injuries of the ligaments of the hands as well. Yeah. Can we recover well from these with proper surgery and intervention? Yeah, so surgery is usually the last resort whenever okay. it comes to this, these injuries. I mean, for most patients with injuries, especially if it is not so serious, we usually can tend to treat them conservatively or expectantly with measures such as maybe a cast or immobilization for a certain period of time. Mm -hmm. Of course, this has to be also uh, 
combined with proper physiotherapy so that they actually don't lose strength and don't lose uh, movement because yeah. stiffness is such a very common uh, a consequence of immobilization. Yeah. So it has to be a balance between immobilization and early range of motion and strengthening. Yeah, because obviously the last thing you want is pain to be set to be a part of your life from then on and your quality of life being affected because of improper healing and things like that. Absolutely, yeah. Gosh, and obviously things are different depending on the age group you're in. If it's an author, if it's, it's, it's an osteoporotic fracture, that's even more worrying, right? Yes, that's right. So osteoporotic fractures, unfortunately, are very common in Singapore mm. due to the aging population. And I mean, interestingly, one of the things that I usually advise a lot of uh, I would, I, would, I would say elderly patients, but maybe just maybe above the age of 45 years old, you know, you tend to have uh, a decline in your bone mass after yeah. the age of 35. Yeah. And that's like 1% a year. Um, so after the age of 35, I usually will tell my patients, concentrate on strengthening. Mm. Strengthening is a very, very important part of uh, your daily exercise and activity that can actually help to preserve your bone mass yeah. as you age. Strengthening uh, your, your muscle mass. Your, yeah. Your, Keeping sarcopenia at bay, all this playing a part. Absolutely right. Yeah, and also a lot of a lot of people, uh, they they basically do a, they should be doing a lot more load bearing activities such as walking, and as much as people do say that running may be bad for your knees in the long run, but actually if you do it properly, pace yourself and do it sensibly, giving yourself adequate rest and recovery, it's actually a very good activity to actually keep your bone mass uh, actually high, mm. so that you don't actually develop osteoporosis in the future. Yeah, and exercises that enhance your sense of balance. Um, mobility aspects, your yoga, your pilates, your things like that. Yeah. Because it's less about the aesthetics of how you look and weight loss and things like that. It really is more about making sure you prevent that fall. Yes, I think it's more important. Absolutely right. And you, you brought, up, brought up a very important point there, Dan. You see, the thing is that a lot of times accidents happen because um, there's this lack of coordination, which mm. is actually neuromuscular if you think about it. Mm. And a lot of times we think about strengthening, but we don't think about the neuromuscular aspect of it. Because, you know, you're just going to the gym and you're just pushing as hard a weight as you can, but right. you're not getting the form right. You're not actually practicing balance, you know? And these are very important things because what is more important to prevent injuries is actually how your brain connects with your muscles, right. how you actually prevent yourself from falling by activating the right muscles to prevent injuries. So these isolated movements in the gym may not be creating that brain-body connection really. Exactly. That's why, you know, we usually hear, you know, compound movements yeah. in the gym that are usually better for building strength. And that's the reason why compound movements actually trump isolated movements in any day. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'll, get, I'll restart my HIIT again. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the overseas injuries that you tend to see around this period. You spent many years, I understand, training as an orthopedic surgeon in Switzerland. Yes, I did. And, yes. Uh, it, it, that's a hard tourist destination recently for Singaporeans as well. You see a lot of skiing accidents there, not? Yes, time. when I was training in Switzerland, that was very common for me to see skiing accidents. Oh, no. Locals and tourists alike. Locals and tourists alike. Yeah. But mostly in tourists, because, I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is that when we go as tourists to a certain destination, I mean, we're excited about skiing. It's something new. Yeah. But the thing is that a lot of them who actually ski well, they, they have spent many years actually training for this. Since like childhood, season. some yeah, of them. Since childhood, yeah. And and so when Singaporeans go there, they do take lessons, but these lessons, they may be peppered with some falls and tumbles. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's... and, and Part of the learning, I get it. Yeah, part of the learning, but unfortunately, it can lead to injuries and that's what we see sometimes. Isn't that such a first world problem? So many Singaporeans now are enjoying the skiing holiday, but because we haven't had the long-term experience with it and we're just picking it up, it can lead to an injury. Yes, certainly. Yeah. You like, were saying some things are interesting, like sometimes even just putting on the boot got a problem. Yeah, so the ski boots, I mean, when you wear a ski boot, the ski boot is actually very tight yeah. and it actually puts your ankle in a very uh, 
uh, in, a, in a position that's uncomfortable if you're not used to it. Yes. And you know, when you're actually trying to ski with this, it's it's very it can be very easy for you to actually twist your ankle. And since the ski boot is so stiff, mm. your ankle will give way where the stiffness is lost. And just above the ski boot, that's where injuries tend to happen. That's because above the shin. Uh. Just above the shin, yeah. Ah. It can happen there. So uh, these are the kind of injuries that skiers usually get. And the other kind of injuries they get is because they break their fall with their hands. So yeah. distal radius fractures, wrist fractures, these are common injuries as well. I no need to go skiing, la. don't need, la. don't go. <laughs> but something but, else that Singaporeans love to do now, I noticed, I've done lots of stories on the rise of the foldable bicycle and the foldable bicycle tours and, and cycling tours. So many cyclists in Singapore now and traveling to cycle as well. Uh, do you see a lot of cycling-related injuries? What kind can emerge? Oh, yeah. I'm actually a very avid cyclist oh, myself. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's right. So certainly, yes, a lot of my friends, they do get cycling injuries. And one thing that I noticed about uh, very, very avid cyclists that they like to challenge. So yeah. when they go overseas, they like to climb mountains and, you know. Things do, that you can't do in Singapore. Things that you can't do in Singapore. Terrain that you can't find in Singapore. And though it's a really very, it's, it's really very uh, uh, challenging to actually climb mountains, but actually the more challenging aspect I feel, especially if you're not used to it, is descending the mountain. Yeah. Because that's when you really can, you won't get used to it because it's long kilometers of descending and it's fast speeds and you may not be used to this. And that's where tumbles happen and that's where injuries can happen, like falls and fractures. The problem with the injuries that can occur on a cycling trip like that, for example, is you're far away from your doctor, you're far away from your health facilities, you might be in a remote outskirt area, it's challenging to get emergency treatment. Yes, that's right. So that's that's usually the, the problem if there's a serious injury. I mean, if it's a minor injury, of course, it can be treated and you can seek treatment non-urgently. But if it's something that requires urgent treatment, there can be some anxieties involved because mm. like, you know, you're not sure whether that particular country's system is able to cope with the kind of injury or the location you're in. I or mean, language you may, barrier. Language barrier. I mean, you may be in a very remote location, which is usually the case if it's mountainous and, you know, scenic. Yeah. <laughs> so you may not be near a city where the injury may be treated better in a city hospital, perhaps. Correct. So there are some challenges involved. But I mean, you know, with the day, the age of teleconsultation, I mean, ah. we are always available to, to actually give some advice to patients who may be stranded overseas with injuries. Yeah. Get, get your health insurance, heli evacuation, if <laughs> possible. Uh, okay, and just to wrap it up, I'm curious whether this is an interesting trend as well. All go for the trips and then develop the injury. Sometimes maybe not so major, but minor. But then January, all come and see you. It's like, <laughs> hey, doc, I got this pain. Hey, good doc, I got this ache. Does that happen a lot, actually? Yes. So certainly there are some kind of injuries that may be very insidious in their course in the sense that patients may not realize it when they are on their trip. Yeah. I see this especially in patients who may not really be ex extremely sporty, but they like walking and taking long walks during the trip. And sometimes in the trip, you forget yourself and you may be walking more than actually you usually are True. walking in normal situations. Yeah. So I do see like uh, injuries such as stress fractures. Just from foot. walking and shopping in Taiwan or oh, something like that. Really? Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, because maybe shoe wear could be something that could be improved. And many of them may not have, may have very tight calf muscles yes. leading to even extra pressures on the forefoot and that can lead to stress fractures, stress injuries. It usually happens with some swelling and pain and you know, usually x-rays will not catch it. So they may have done an x-ray and they, they think it's normal, everything is okay. But the thing is that sometimes these injuries linger and they may not be shown an x-ray. Only certain investigations such as an MRI scan might pick them up. Gosh, yeah. you know what I need to do? I need to come up with a conditioning training program for people going on holiday. 
It sounds like we need to condition our bodies before going on holidays. You know, Dan, that's really true, actually. Because, you know, in this day and age, we are all mostly in very sedentary kind of jobs. We don't get enough stretching and strengthening done sometimes. And, you know, when we leave the sedentary job, we are going on holiday straight away. And boom, you go zero to 100. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, coming soon. The Health Matters Conditioning Program for Shopping in Tokyo. Uh, Doc, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Dan. Really pleasure to be here. Having me, uh, joining me for this conversation, Dr. Nandekumar Velasami, who's an orthopedic specialist surgeon at OrthoCare Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, located at Fair Park Medical. This has been Health Matters. Thanks for joining us. Be safe, everyone. Before making any decisions based on the information in our program, please consult a medical professional.